1: and my co-host is real estate expert Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties. Good morning, Asif.
2: Good morning, Tina.
1: So here we are, we're nearing the end of the month. Where do we stand so far in terms of real estate?
2: Well, Tina, the the hot market continues and, you know, 3 weeks into February, we're looking at we're on pace for uh, just over 1100 sales just for York region itself. And to compare that and put some context to it, last February, February 2019 we sold a total of eight hundred and forty nine homes in York Region.
1: Okay, wait a second. Let's go through those numbers one more time. Slow it down. <laughs>
2: so, so we're on pace for eleven hundred and ten homes sold for York Region in the month of February. Traditionally, it's a typically a slower month, and you know, with the weather that we've had, even with the snow and everything, it hasn't slowed down buyers. And we don't have a lot of inventory, but we're still on pace to break our sales from last year by 30% more. So that's a huge increase for February.
1: And what is that signal going forward then, for buyers and for sellers?
2: Yeah, For buyers, the, the, the brakes are off. I mean, everyone is going 100 miles an hour. They want to scoop up a home. They know what's happening to prices. There's a lot of upward pressure on price. Just look at the market. So last year, if you look at inventory that's available, Newmarket, Richmond Hill, Markham, and Vaughan are at half the level that they were at last year. So that's with, you know, when you add in all the demand from the buyers and you look at how little inventory we have available in those big markets, you're going to see upward pressure. Last February, only King and Richmond Hill had an average price at or above a million dollars. This year, you've got Aurora, King, Markham, Richmond Hill, Vaughan, Stouffville, all over a million dollars for average price. That shows you how much demand is pushing prices up.
1: And so, again, what do we want to say to buyers who, you know, traditionally would go into the market possibly a little bit later on in the season? This is only the second month of the year.
2: It is. And, you know, buyers, you you really need to get your decks in order. You, you need to be pre-qualified. You need to know what you want to spend. And you also have to know what things are selling for. This is where you need... An agent that is well-versed in the market, that's active in the market and knows what's going on because you need proper guidance and there's there's no other time in the market. When the market's slow, you don't really need that. But right now, you need to be you know, in the hands of someone that really knows what's going on out there and is able to get you a deal.
1: Now, there are those in the business and banking community who are saying, hold on, slow down. There's a correction possibly coming. You know, we don't know what's happening with China. Everyone slow it down. What do you want to say to that community?
2: So they've been saying that since 2005. And if you look at what's happened since 2005, if you would have bought a house in 2005, you would be laughing right now. And, you know, now you've, you've got even more demand. You've got more people that are here, more people looking for houses. You know, it's, it's just there's no catalyst for a slowdown. And there's no catalyst to get us some more inventory because it's a supply and demand equation. Anytime you look at real estate, it's supply and demand. And when you look at how much supply we have right now and the demand that's out there, the demand outweighs supply. So it's, it just does not make sense to hold off because you're giving away buying power. And if you want to capitalize on your buying power, the time to buy is right now.
1: And so you're saying supply is limited. And does that extend across York Region?
2: It does. It, it's, it's very similar in every market. And look at how many markets are over the million-dollar mark right now. If you want to live in York Region, there's still, there's still a few affordable markets. I mean, you could be in Newmarket with an average price of $833,000. Georgina has an average price of 596000 East Willembury, 756000 It doesn't mean you have to leave the region if you want to purchase a home. There's a lot of areas in York Region that you can still get a deal.
1: And when you talk about those average prices, what does that average price get you? That average
2: price, and it depends on which area you're in again. I mean, if you're in Markham and you're looking at an average price hovering around a million dollars, that's also taking into consideration that there's a lot of condos being sold. Because if you're just looking at a house, you're going to pay about $1.2 million. In Newmarket, Georgina, East Goldenbury, you don't have a lot of condos. So that's typically a house price. But when you're looking at Vaughn, Markham, Richmond Hill, the average price takes into consideration the number of condos being sold. So that's going to maybe get you a semi-detached house or a townhouse, not necessarily a detached house for that price.
1: When we come back, the changes to short-term rentals. Stay with us. You're listening to On the Market on 105.9 The Region.
0: Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region.
1: You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On The Market, York Region's only radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties. Now, Asif, you wanted to talk about the changes announced earlier this month to Airbnb. They're saying that it will begin testing new regulations across Canada that will ban local guests under the age of 25 from booking entire homes.
2: I did, Tina, and you know there's some interesting uh, announcements with Airbnb, and uh, you know joining us now is an expert on the legal aspect of tenancies and rentals, and that's Bita DeLisi from Stonegate Legal. Bita, welcome back to the show.
3: Thank you, Steve. Thank you for having me on.
2: Bita, let's talk a little bit about Airbnbs. You know what people are thinking out there as landlords, and and also the regulations that were just put into place.
3: Great. There's actually been a, a huge uproar around short-term rentals and Airbnbs. Um, as of January 2018, City Council actually approved a regulation of short-term rentals in the City of Toronto. That means bylaw amendments, rules and regulations are now in force, in full force, Right. <laughs>
2: And and let's talk a little bit about short-term rentals, if I can interrupt. What does a short-term rental mean? Is it six months? Is it nine months? Is it it uh, less than than a a week? Because Airbnbs are generally a day or a week. And how do they classify short-term rental?
3: So short-term rentals are any properties that is rented on a short-term basis, meaning from 28 days up until 180 days or six months. Okay. That's a short-term rental. And Airbnb is a company that that uh, provides short-term rentals listings as a service. So they don't own any properties. They just provide the listings as a service.
1: And their listings are even shorter than that period of time that you already suggested. That's Look, correct. Like it's less than 28 days typically for Airbnb.
3: It can be. I've seen Airbnbs longer, as long as two months I've seen. But you are right. Generally, it is, long. is, it, it is, it is shorter, shorter than, 28
2: days. And this is a type of service that seems to have been missing in the real estate landscape and and this is why people are flocking to these. I mean, we have people moving for jobs that are going to be contract positions and rather than get a a hotel room or lease a place, they're actually looking at Airbnb. It's getting more and more popular. There's other companies that are now popping up with a similar concept. How do you regulate that and what are the pros and cons?
3: Okay, so let's there. There is a lot of uproar around Airbnb's. Airbnb's were very popular when they first came out, because people were looking for a way to generate income, income, quick income, and from their principal residence. Now, regarding, let's talk about a little bit about the pros. Okay, the pros. Obviously, there's some income potential, right? And because it's on a day-to-day basis, it can be a higher income than you know. Renting a property on a monthly basis. Um, Another pro can be better maintained. Because of the turnover, people coming in and out, the landlord has access to the property or the host, as it's called uh, on the Airbnb website, has access to the property to get in there and uh, prepare the place for the next tenant. Uh, another major pro is that the ten, that the landlord can use it for their own personal use if they're, if that Airbnb is a seasonal property. So there's a few pros. Now, what, what people don't understand and they have a narrow vision on is that there's a lot of legalities that come with hosting an Airbnb. So can I t- go ahead and talk about a yeah, few yeah, please, points so on, those, yeah. on the cons? So uh, one pro, it, well, sorry, one con is that it can create a disruption in the rental complex. Um, another con is, you know, there's more effort to operate because now you're, you know, you're managing the people that coming that are coming in. Um, you're changing the lockbox code and getting the unit ready or the rental uh, room ready for. The next uh, guest to come in. So it's so constant management. There's constant management. Sometimes, if you have a if you have a lot of traffic, it can turn into a part time or full time job for the host. Um, in addition, uh, landlords have to pay utilities, inclusive of what they're charging for rent. Whereas a lot of the fixed income properties right now, uh, they're charging the rent, the base rent, plus in addition to utilities.
2: So the tenant pays utilities, but here in in a short-term rental, it would be the landlord building that into the fees.
3: That's correct. That's why short-term rentals are generally a little bit higher than a fixed-term rental or a long-term rental, meaning up to a year.
1: And And what do you think prompted these changes? You know, there have obviously been a few recent incidents in terms of uh, crime and activity. But what do you think was the final straw this time around?
3: I think the government wants to make some money. And there is a tax uh on the Airbnb uh or short term rental um rental listings as well. Would, you want like a to vacation elaborate? property really? tax. Yeah, yeah, let's uh, talk about that. Okay, so let's talk about that. So licensing let's talk about the licensing rules. So applicants meaning hosts, they must pay a one time application fee of five thousand dollars and a fee of one dollar per every night that their uh unit is booked or their rental room is booked through the company. Now, there's also a requirement to ensure that these listings have a valid registration number. So just like mortgage brokers are regulated now, because prior to, I think, 10 or 15 years ago, they weren't regulated. Now they have a registration number that they have to include in their advertisements, no different than short-term or Airbnb listings. Once they're registered with the city, they will be um, given a registration number another thing that hosts must also keep up uh, keep up to date are records of their activity and they must provide them to the city upon request
2: so very do you important. mean like who's renting it do they need to take certain pieces of id or almost like a fin track where they have to see who's renting cuz i mean the problems that we've had have been people renting out these Airbnbs and uninvited guests showing up and, you know, the shootings and incidents such as that. Yeah, it becomes a party
1: place and you don't know who's coming and going. Yeah, so is that what we're trying to...
3: Well, I wouldn't say the ID, and the reason for that is because you don't need to to provide ID to book an Airbnb. You go on on the the website, you book it, there's no money exchange, just like Uber, there's no money exchange. That's why it's, it's presumed to be safe. Right. Now, the the host can go a step further and obtain ID. The only thing is that somebody has to be on site to physically uh, do a client intake to accept the ID.
2: And, and we're seeing that with one of the rule changes. Guests under 25, if they're trying to rent a short term rental, the host has to be on the premises. They can they can rent it out to someone under 25 if the host is on the premises. What happens when the host is not? How do you stop someone that's 30 years old renting it and sending people that are younger into this property?
3: Well, you really can't because at 30, you are of age. You are a full-grown adult. You do have your credit cards. Some of us. Some of us. <laughs> <laughs> some of us you are considered to be an adult so just like uber when you get into someone's car that that driver does not you know you don't have to show id to him it's just the way the the airbnb is you don't have to show id to that host unless that host is on site and wants to do a client intake i do recommend doing that if you are renting a room in your house because you don't know who's occupying that room
2: that's true and the other thing I was going to ask you about, Bita, was if someone is leasing out a property. So I'm renting out to uh, my friend Rob, and, and Rob is has the intention of not leasing this for a year, but turning it into an Airbnb. What are Rob's obligations to tell me, and how do I find out if Rob is doing this, and what are my rights to evict Rob if Rob turns my one-year lease
1: into an Airbnb? So he's subletting it,
2: basically. He's subletting, yeah.
3: Oh, Okay. So there's, you have a few options. Okay. You can turn to the board. If Rob has a fixed term lease with you, a fixed term meaning one year lease with mm-hmm. you, and you're still within your lease, Rob can come to you and say, Hey, see if I have someone that's going to sublet the place. I'm going to be in Italy for a few, few months. Is that okay? And within reason, you have to give permission. Within reason. Now you are. It is the landlord's right to go through the paperwork and make sure everything is in line to have that person sublet Rob's place. However, if Rob is is on a month-to-month tenancy because there's no because that there's no end date, the the tenancy is indefinite. Rob will be restricted to um, subletting the place. Now, if you do find out that Rob has subletted the place without your permission and Rob is charging more money per month than than what he's paying you in rent, that is actually considered an illegal act under the Residential Tenancies Act, which means that you can bring an application to the board. It's an N6 application for illegal acts and pursue an eviction uh, to Based
2: work. on that. And what about condo boards? Uh, I know that certain condo boards are saying, hey, you own this property. You're not allowed to have short term rentals in here. We can have you taken out of the premises?
3: Okay, so the condo boards have their own uh, rules. And the reason why they're, they're they're trying to enforce this type of action is because, like we spoke about, one of the cons is that the Airbnb guests come in and they can cause a disruption for everybody else that, you know, have bought a rental unit or are paying rent to enjoy the property. And if they're being disrupted, they're not getting the full enjoyment out of that property.
1: Bita, do you think Airbnb is going away?
3: I don't. Unfortunately, I don't. I think that's why the city is is enforcing these rules and regulations to restrict certain acts and uh, pull their chain on on some some of the things that's coming around Airbnbs, as we can see on the news.
2: For sure. And to make some money.
3: (laughs) And to make some money. That's right.
2: Peter, if uh, we could go on for another hour on this, but if people have more questions or if they want to clarify certain things with you regarding Airbnbs and and leases, how do they contact you?
3: They can head over to our website at www.stonegatelegalservices.ca, or they can call us at 416-937-2766.
2: Peter, thanks for the great information, and we look forward to having you on the show again soon.
3: Thank you so much for having me. When we
1: come back, we get to your real estate questions and this week's hot listing. And just a reminder, if you missed any part of our show, go to 1059theregion.com. You're listening to 1059 The Region. Stay with us. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show on 105.9 The Region. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties. Time now for our listener questions. Asif, you all set? I am. All right. So the first one comes from Angela in Maple. She wants to know, is there a way for me to compare my property to others in my neighborhood? And what questions do I need to ask before I begin my home search?
2: Angela, great questions, and yes, there is. So we have a system called House Calls, and we go out into neighborhoods and we evaluate the different types of houses and and let people know where they rank in their subdivision because everyone wants to have the best house in their area or on their street. And we can point out that, hey, most of the houses in this area have granite countertops or most have hardwood flooring. This is something that you may want to consider. Give us a call, and if we've already done your street, we'd be able to let you know what you need to do to your home. And if we haven't, we're probably going to be hitting it soon. So we'll be able to you know, point out different renovations that some people have done or you know where your home stands out from the rest.
1: Is that a free service, awesome?
2: It is a free service, and it's something that we do for our clients twice a year.
1: That's terrific. OK. Our next question comes from Jonathan and Markham. He wants to know, how do I use the equity in my home to either make an investment or buy a new home for me and my family?
2: Jonathan, again, another great question, especially with the way the market is right now and and houses appreciating as much as they do you want to be able to use that equity because it's hidden money and you know you're borrowing it at 3% or 3.5% and you're able to use it to turn that into an extra 5 6 7 8% by putting it into an investment property the best thing to do is talk to your bank or to uh, a mortgage broker that we can recommend to you and you'd be able to get the scoop on how much you can borrow and then we'll line that up with different investment opportunities that are around that
1: will help you make a lot of money Just before we go, this week's Hot Listing and Heather Cooper joins us next from REMAX Prime Properties. Heather, over to you. Thanks, Tina. This week's Hot Listing is actually a restaurant that is for sale in uh, beautiful East Gwillenbury. It's the largest turnkey and thriving family-owned restaurant right in the heart of Mount Albert. The Twisted Fork has been established for over six years. There are no franchise fees. It's been newly renovated, and the purchase price includes about $100,000 in equipment. Loyal customers have been coming from far and away for the quality of the food and the service. Asif, what do you think about this?
2: Restaurants are always a great business, especially in smaller towns, because you have a loyal following. And you know, Mount Albert. This is it, it's the, the the actual location is in downtown Mount Albert, and it's such a great you know little niche setting. You've got people that have been coming here for years. You've got a great established clientele, and that's what you look for when you're buying a restaurant because you don't want to open from scratch and have to have to build it yourself. So the goodwill that's uh, available in this property is. Far more than what the asking price is, and it's a great deal. Where exactly is Mount Albert? Mount Albert is, if you head north on Highway 48, you're going to East Gwilinberry, you head over to the Main Street. Well, it's called Main Street uh, East Gwill- in in Mount Albert, and uh, that's where this is situated. You're situated, 62 Main Street.
1: Heather, one more time, the highlights of this restaurant. Okay, the name of the restaurant is The Twisted Fork. It's located at 62 Main Street in East Gwilinberry, this one is listed for $345,000. And for more information, they can contact Steve Fleming at 416-435-8311. Asif, if our listeners want to connect with you directly, how can they do that?
2: Tina, they get a hold of me at 416-985-Khan. That's
1: 416-985-5426. That's our show for this week. Remember, if you need to connect with Asif Khan or if you missed any part of On the Market, go to our website, 1059theregion.com. Thanks for listening.